Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I want to talk training biffos uh, (laughs) because I think this is red hot. Uh, James Sicily and Sam Butler, they went at it. Uh, there was footage of it. Sam Butler then also went at it with uh, a touch of Frost or Inspector Frost, uh, also the backman there at the Hawks. He's a second-year player, Sam Butler. They've got in the scrap at training. We saw Cripps and Kennedy get a bit heated at Carlton training. I want your thoughts on this, and I want the listeners' thoughts. I'm all for it, but I want to also want a story out of you because there's got to be a couple. But your thoughts, firstly, does it actually mean you're more competitive or, or, does it, or did the media just dress that up a bit? Well, I think it's a fine line, to be honest with you. The last thing that I wanted to do was get in a scrap with a teammate at training. Sure, I mean, it's competitive. You you want that. You, you want players having a crack and and um, wanting to be the best and, and, and trying their best. But I think it's a fine line between stepping over that mark. If you're fighting with a teammate, then uh, things can be frosty in the change rooms and you don't want a divide to occur because of that. So, look, as long as um, if things get heated, and they do all the time because there's 45 competitive animals out there on the field training and there's obviously only 23 spots available. So um, at this time of year, you want to impress, but you've got to, you've got to do it the, the right way. There's always a few scuffles. As long as Sam Butler, who's a second-year player, as long as and, – and he's taking on the – well, he's going to be the, the next captain of the, of the football club in James Sicily. So at least, he's, um, at least he's picked his target and went right to the top <laughs> of the tree because uh, – so as long as he doesn't get offside with that and James Sicily thinks – well, hang on, young fella, you just got to know your place. So as long as they make up as soon as training's finished and bury the hatchet and get on with it, so that, then it should be okay. It's where the if they ignore each other after training and then it can fester and linger over, uh, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever, and then they end up not liking each other, it can cause a, a divide. So as long as everything gets sorted out post-training, I'm okay with it. But it's, it's human nature, though, too, that, that you, put, you put 20 people in a room, not everyone's going to like each other. And... So, I mean, do we probably not see an, an almost enough of it? Is there probably more that goes on that we don't actually see? That, I mean, this could just be the fact that you get swung around and you think you get tackled and you get that sort of little bit of rage that surges through that happens yeah. to everyone because you might get dumped or you cop a little bit of a high hit that wasn't intentional. But do you, I think the media might beat up a little bit, but like, oh, all of a sudden they're going to be competitive this year because they're having a push and shove <laughs> of training. Yeah. You know, oh, oh like... This is what we want, a hard edge. Well, it does happen at every club. And we've seen um, Jake Stringer with Mason Redmond. We saw the Kennedy uh, Cripps. So Kennedy and Cripps had a really good, solid uh, one-on-one contest, both heads over the footy, and it was a big hit. And I think Cripps came off second best. <laughs> and then uh, he, he got the angry pills on straight away, went up to Kennedy and dumped him on the ground. And then they had a little bit of back and forth. And then two minutes later, we see the vision of them sort of fist bump, say, look, sorry about that, mate. And no dramas, they move on. So every club has those moments, particularly in pre-season. Like you're training for two, two and a half hours. Sometimes it's it's stinking hot weather and it, it's hard work and it can be frustrating. So that's when tempers can boil over. Um, but, I mean, 
it would have happened at every AFL club two or three times, maybe even more um, during this preseason. So uh, it does happen a lot. But as I said, you just you, you have to iron it out um, well, post-training. There are levels of it, though, because there is a push and shove, and then you've also got the likes of the Satantaro help and cloak where he's giving him the old left-right good night and then the kick up the backside too, just yeah. for good measure. <laughs> he's and he's, the plums, he's, he's just said, the uh, here, you can cop my Puma size 12 uh, right up the hoo-ha. Um, but there are levels of it. I, I want – did you ever have uh, in your career, did you ever have a competitive beast at training that you sort of went, geez, mate, like you had to sort of go, mate, rain it in a fraction. Did you personally ever get – into a bit of a fracas, or was there someone that was notorious for, for yeah. that happening? I had a minor fracas with Acker one preseason because... Oh, well, hang on. Hold the press. <laughs> you, you, I was the first you, and only you, teammate to uh, argue with Jason Ackerman. You, you and 9,000 others. <laughs> so I had... Uh, he was actually tagging me in a preseason um, training drill where we were doing match simulation. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to get tagged all year. Do I really need someone up my ass while we're at training? So he was following me everywhere and I got frustrated. We ended up having a, a reasonable blue and then uh, uh, straight after training, we sorted it out. So that that was fine. I was so, more frustrated about the coaches putting someone to tag me at training. So is this reasonable blue push-shove or blue to the point where you're sort of the old jumper punch or blue is in like, oh, no, no, I'm going to give just, you one. There, there were no punches thrown. It was maybe a couple of jumper punches and a wrestle to the ground and a bit of a headlock. And, um, Barry Hall, Michael Ferrito style. So. You, you come out on top, surely. Oh, sorry, Scotty, Scotty Thompson it was, Scotty actually. Thompson. Michael Ferrito came in third man and decked me when we were playing North Melbourne that day. But no, no it was, it was all, I think we, we might have shared the points and got separated by teammates pretty quickly. But pr- probably Luke Darcy was one of the most competitive Darcy. guys. Uh, and he was at the tail end of his career when I first got to the club and he did a couple of knees and he was sort of starting trying to come back and, and did a couple of pre-seasons when uh, I was starting out before he went into his illustrious media career. And he had a, a same match simulation one day, Robert Murphy, and they are great mates, Bob and Luke. They, they're really good friends, but it got pretty heated one day and Bob was he's a, he's a little bit lippy he was a bit chirpy uh, one afternoon while we were doing match simulation and just went up to Darce and I think he was he was pestering from for must have been a quarter and a half and Darce just snapped he and it was a full roundhouse around the back coward punch we call them now but Bob wasn't even watching roundhouse from the back on the chin flush knocked out unconscious <laughs> He was unconscious, Bob, and and then we had, wow. to, they had to get they had to get the stretcher out and everything. And Dars just sort of walked off as if nothing had happened. Tried to plead his his innocence. And well, they used to film the um, training. Well, they just started actually filming um, when I started. So we we saw the vision of it, and Dars had to stand up in front of the group after. Um, Bob got knocked out and plead his case as to, you know, why he was not guilty. And he actually doctored up the film to show a – it was pretty uh, – it wasn't, wasn't great um, digital imagery back then, but he actually doctored up the image to show a rock coming over the fence and hitting Bob on the head. Um, so he said he was not guilty. Someone must have thrown a rock, so we let him off. Oh, no way. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard that. Is that is, have they spoken about that much in the – 
in oh, the, I think they might around. Uh, well, I, I suppose Dars probably wouldn't uh, wanted to bring it up because he could have done some some real damage. Like he knocked him out unconscious, but I think he would have been pretty ashamed about his behaviour and, and uh, coward punching a teammate like that. But um, yeah, Bob actually wrote on his locker. Uh, in big capital letters, uh, in bold, coward. So he was at, at his locker, number 14, a coward was written above it. And Dars didn't get rid of it for the rest of his career. He just kept it up there. So I think he was pretty embarrassed about what happened. Gee but Bob whiz. took it well. Is it, oh, Vickery style, roundhouse. It was a full roundhouse, just bang, wow. on the jaw, clipped down. He had no idea where he was, Bob. Any others that you've seen? Did you see any at, the, at Essendon? Any others that sort of come to mind when you think training sort of I'm you know I'm trying to think of a few that I remember was it Jay Schultz and Jackson Trengove had one at Port Adelaide that looked like it festered over a little bit they sort of got well, a I, decent I, old scrap yeah those as long as there's not sort of punches thrown it's okay like the Satanta O'Halpin one was he went left right and then just finished him off on the ground as well so that that, that, that was one that probably springs to mind first because that's the most aggressive um, I think we've ever seen belting of a teammate. But, uh, yeah, Luke's, Luke's was certainly up there, that's for sure.